until I discovered this article dated July 2nd from fox4kc.com, I was not totally aware, in fact, I wasn't aware, that there was a zoo in Kansas. Surprise, ladies and gentlemen, there is. And there, this zoo is located near Salina, which is about a two or three hour drive west, I believe, from Topeka. They had some information about this zoo. I don't know how long it's been in operation. We'll get into that as we talk about it tonight. But it looks like a place that might be kind of nice to go to sometime. The Kansas City Zoo on this side here in Missouri gets all the recognition, I know. But this one is actually here, actually in the state of Kansas. It is near Salina. It is called Rolling Hills Zoo. And that's our main story tonight on the New Directions podcast. We're going to start off there right after this. Did you really think that this city of ours called Kansas City was going to stay down? It's not staying down long. It's starting. You can feel it. It might not be over. It might not look the same. It might not be easy from here. But never count out a town that knows what a comeback looks like. Don't look now. The comeback is happening. Sponsored by Fox 4. The zoo is near Salina. And the KSN folks, the Fox affiliate, KSNW, which I believe is the Fox affiliate in Topeka, excuse me, were the ones that filed this report on this particular zoo in Salina. And it reads this way, whether it's a destination for a few days or a couple of hours, Salina has a lot to offer. Salina, we're heading there now, said Mother Mother Taylor Oller. The first stop is Rolling Hills Zoo. It's an undiscovered gem sitting right in the middle of the country, said Bob Jenkins, Rolling Hills Zoo Executive Director. Just off I-70 is where you'll find lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. With 65 acres, there's plenty to do, see, and learn. We go back to what zoos originally were, which are basically zoological gardens, said Jenkins. I got off of there just a second. Those zoological gardens have been around for 21 years, and Jenkins says it's a great way to conserve endangered species while also having an interactive way to teach people of all ages. It's a chance for people to interact with the exhibits, look at the animals, learn while they're doing that, said Jenkins. There are plenty of activities to fill the day. You can visit the Wildlife Museum, feed the fish, or visit the new dinosaur exhibit that is now open. 
One thing that makes this zoo unique is the opportunity to feed the animals. While that won't be an option this year due to the coronavirus pandemic, no surprise, officials expect to offer it again in 2021. If you have children, there are plenty of areas to play. For the, for the Aller family, that's just what they love the most about the zoo. When you get here, it's just a nice open zoo. You're able to let the kids run. Not one of those where there's tons of stuff that they can get into, said Taylor Aller. If you're on a budget, admission pays for both the museum and the zoo. Just under $14 for adults, kids are $7. If you're looking for a getaway for both education and relaxation, officials say that this is just the place. I mean, we're so relaxed here, even the tigers sleep, said Jenkins. I want to play you the audio from KSN. And I... Am I going to be able to do that? I don't believe so. Didn't look to me like I could. That's okay. Want to throw in an extra story before we go any further here. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Just the one that I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit. This is from Fox4KC.com. And, but this guy has become kind of the second idiot. Those of you that might have remembered one of my early shows when I got into doing the podcast late last year, I had talked about a gentleman who, had who was in a Florida Walmart who was upset about how long the checkout lines were getting. He takes it upon himself and beats the, beats the guy in front of him in the head. No, He was released, as you might, might have remembered. But it's in the middle of Christmas. The lines are going to be long. The man is basically trying to take the law into his own hands. He became idiot number one. This kind of feels like it's another round of another another season of the podcast, another idiot. Only this one comes from Bo Bozier City, Louisiana. Police in Louisiana were able to reel in a man captured on video swimming through a fish tank at a sporting goods store. Star Trek for the voyage home, eat your heart out. Anyway, Kevin Wise, who's 26 told KSLA-TV that he plunged into the indoor aquarium at a Bass Pro Shop in Bossier City last week. This was posted July 5th, by the way. To follow through on a promise he made to followers on the social media pro platform, TikTok. I said that if I got 2,000 likes, I would jump in the tank, Wise said. I got way more than that and didn't want to be a liar. You didn't want to be a liar, you wanted to be an idiot. But anyway... A video captured by shopper Treasure McGraw showed Wise swimming through the tank before climbing out and running from the store with wet clothes. We heard a big splash and I thought it was one of the fish, McGraw told the news outlet. My fiancé was like, somebody is in the tank. And we saw the guy swimming. 
one question. Was he wearing pointed ears? But anyway, Bass Pro Shops filed a complaint with the Bossier City Police Department Friday saying it costs them money to empty out the 13,000-gallon aquarium and clean it after Wise's swim, KTAL reported. Wise was charged with simple criminal damage to property and released with a citation to appear in court, police said. He told KSLA-TV he planned on continuing to make videos for his followers, but cautioned others against doing similar spur-of-the-moment pranks. Mister, you're an idiot to begin with. Why in the world would you even consider doing something like that? You are an absolute nutcase. I want to take you through a Union Station-type tour. I, it looks to me like... It, yeah, it did. It came from there. It was filmed on the 3rd of July. This is some video. We'll get some music in on it, too. Relaxation, red, white, and blue style. Just a sec. And we're going to start this one over again. They're all in red, white, and blue. And right behind the fountains, there you go, you saw you, you saw the station itself. That is not bad at all. Let me see here. Got a little more time, I think. Let's see. Charlie Daniels had his memorial service yesterday in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It was well attended. The folks were very, very glad to... The folks that played the music were honored to be a part of it, I know. Trying to... Well, I'll tell you what. To close out this segment, then, I am going to read to you We'll just do a prayer. A prayer that I think seems appropriate for what's been going on here lately. And on the other side of this break, I'm going to tell you about something that Nick Vassos happened to find, which was pretty musical and pretty unexpected, and I think also pretty nice. We'll talk about that on the other side. But to end this segment, would you join me in prayer? Eternal God, you probably look down and think what has happened to this beautiful world that I created. Lord, please stop the hate, the indifference, the senseless acts, the separation. I pray for healing and peace to cover our land and to be given to every person who walks this earth. Please hear our cry and answer our prayers. Amen. And we'll be right back. Ours is a strength like no other. 
born of grit, determination, endless resilience. It's a physical, mental, emotional strength. It's about character, purpose, possibility. But one thing is perfectly clear. There's strong, then there's Kansas City strong. For more than 180 years, Kansas City has faced countless challenges and powered through each to embrace a brighter day. Across our city and in every corner of our community, you are coming together by staying apart, showing your strength in solitude. Now is the time to dig in and do what's necessary. Today, Kansas City Strong is our battle cry. Show us your strength, Kansas City. They're strong. Then there's Kansas City Strong. Visit us online at kansascitystrong.org. I found a lot of very good story material <clears throat> in the month off that I took from this show. And I'm going to try to share some of this as we go along for this particular season. This one covers the heading of a riot positive. And this is out of a Cracker Barrel. And I'm getting this up. This story's from Fox4KC.com, Dateline, Nashville, Tennessee. And I rushed through it a little too quick. There we go. Just a second here. A Tennessee sheriff's deputy posted a photo on Facebook of a sweet note he says he received from two women at a Nashville restaurant. Sumner County Deputy Jody McDowell was eating breakfast at a Cracker Barrel near the Nashville airport when the server told him someone had paid for his food, according to WTVF. Deputy McDowell said they left him a note that read, BLM or Black Lives Matter, but so does yours. Thank you for your service, breakfast paid. Touched by the gesture, McDowell decided to thank them on social media, writing, I want to thank the two sweet black ladies 
who paid for my breakfast this morning. While waiting for a transport to be completed, I decided to have breakfast at a Cracker Barrel near the Nashville airport, and I received this note from them. And then they show the details about the note. Good people are out there, guys. This story is an example of the good that is out there if people will just open their doggone eyes and look. Here's another thought for you. We can remove flags and statues all day. But until we figure out how to remove the hate in people's hearts, nothing will change. We will still be divided. Just a second here. Let me see if I can find something else. We talked about J.C. Nichols earlier this week. We'll talk about Whataburger next. Here's a story from June the 22nd. Date, do we have a dateline for this one? We do not. This is another... Uh, it's an idea of what kind of music you do which would lead up to how much you pay for the guitar. In any case, this is from the CNN Wire, posted June 22nd. The, the guitar Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain used during his 1993 MTV Unplugged performance sold for more than $6 million. Cobain used the 1959 Martin guitar for the performance only five months before his death. Bidding for the guitar started at $1 million, according to Julian's auctions, but bids quickly escalated with the guitar selling for $6,010,000. The Australian businessman who bought it says he plans to sell it after showing the guitar around the world in an effort to help artists. Most people, guys, are good. This guy very definitely was. We move on, see if I can clean a few more things out of here. Here's another one from June the 22nd, fox4kc.com. The liquor store owner says she shot a man accused of robbery because she's fed up. Let me share that with you. Dateline once again, Nashville. An 88-year-old Tennessee liquor store owner has been charged after allegedly shooting a man she thought was a thief, the Charlotte Observer reported. I did what I had to do, and I hope word gets out on the street that I'm fed up and I'm not taking it anymore, May Boyce told the New York Post on Saturday. You've got to stick up for yourself sometimes. Boyce, owner of Murfreesboro Road Liquor, Murfreesboro Road Liquor and Wine since 1994, told police on June 16th that she confronted a man who had gone behind the counter where she keeps the vodka and grabbed a few bottles. She said the man who had come in with another man lunged at her and ran toward the exit. According to a probable cause affidavit op obtained by the Charlotte Observer, Boyce pointed her gun towards the floor in the direction of the fleeing man and fired once. The man said he was shot and fell into a stack of bottles, and the other man helped him out, out of the store. The wounded man went to a local hospital to be treated for his injuries and is expected to recover, authorities told the Charlotte Observer. Just a second. Police interviewed him at the hospital. 
and he initially said he and his friend intended to steal the liquor. He later retracted that statement and said he intended to pay for the liquor and denied fleeing the store. Right. The Metro Nashville Police Department arrested May Boyce on an aggravated assault charge. She was released on a $10,000 bond Thursday evening. Again, the story dates back to the 22nd of June. Let me see if I can clear out the rest of my Facebook box. Oh, what the heck? Let's go to Guy Fieri. And this is a story I wasn't even aware of. Thousands apparently have signed a petition. Just a moment. To rename Columbus, Ohio to Flavortown after Guy Fieri. The city of Columbus, Ohio has already vowed to bring down its statue of Christopher Columbus. Why? But thousands are hoping to erase the city's connection to Columbus's legacy even further by renaming it Flavortown in honor of Columbus native Guy Fieri. As the widespread conversation around police brutality and racial inequality continues into another week, Statues of Columbus are being brought down across the nation to bring awareness to the cruelty he brought upon indigenous people. Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther announced earlier this week that the statue outside City Hall would be removed and placed in storage. For many people in our community, the statue represents patriarchy, oppression, and divisiveness. That does not represent our great city, and we will no longer live in the shadow of our ugly past. Ginther said in a statement, according to CNN affiliate WTTE. But for Tyler Woodridge, Woodbridge, who'd spent over seven years of his life in Columbus, the statue's removal wasn't enough. Even though it's my favorite city, I was always a bit ashamed of the name. Where the heck have you been? So the 32-year-old started a petition to rename the city to Flavortown in honor of Fieri, the celebrity restaurateur who was born in Columbus. Fieri's use of the expression on his various shows on the Food Network has become his signature catchphrase. Woodbridge described Fieri as a very charitable man, pointing to the fact that the famous restaurateur has helped raise more than $20 million for restaurant owners during the pandemic and that he's officiated more than 100 LGBTQ weddings. That kind of optimism and charitable work embodies more of what Columbus, Ohio is about rather than the tarnished legacy of Christopher Columbus, Woodbridge said. But the fact that Flavortown came from, a, from Fieri is a bonus and not the main reason why he's pushing for the name, Woodbridge said. Describing the city as a melting pot of different cultures and nationalities, Woodbridge said the name would honor the city's proud heritage as a culinary crossroads and one of the nation's largest test markets for the food industry. And as of Sunday afternoon, more than 17,400 have signed the petition and it grabbed the attention of Budweiser, which offered to give out free Bud Light seltzer to all the city's residents if the name was officially changed to Flavortown. Woodbridge, who currently lives in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, said he sees pl planning on driving back up to his hometown soon to deliver the printed petition to city officials. Others have proposed changing the city's name after an indigenous figure, 
which Woodbridge says he supports. All he really wants is for the city to no longer be named after Columbus. We as a culture in America are waking up to how bad a person he was, Woodbridge said. Now is the time for progressiveness. It's a time for change. I don't know this world anymore. Last time I checked, all lives matter. Why in the world are we taking the position that we are? I do not get it at all. This isn't the world. This is not the world that God created in six days at all. And they're all of a sudden, I don't know whether the figures are absolutely true, but this is getting ridiculous. All lives matter the way I see it, ladies and gentlemen. But as I say in one of my newest isms, I guess, life goes on, and so do I. I want to end this segment with something that Nick Vassos from Fox 4 did find. And I'll explain as soon as we hear a little bit of this. Just a second. A lady playing piano. Nick ended up surprising her. But I will say this, she was playing some very, very good piano. And that's good to see without a doubt. Our extra song is up next. In the midst of very touchy times, you would think people would realize that there are, there are some good people out there. I do not believe everybody realizes that, but the first story that I had on that last segment, I would like to think brought that home. The guy whose breakfast was paid for at the Cracker Barrel. To kind of illustrate the way I like to believe is still true, here's Luke Bryan with I Believe Most People Are Good.
streets of gold are worth the work, but I'd still want to go even if they were painted in dirt. I believe that youth is spent well on the young, cause wisdom in your teens would be a lot less fun. Luke, I think you and I share that belief. Most people are good. It's just not always easy to find them. But anyhow, we do our best. It's good to be back with you for the second season of the New Directions podcast. Thank you once again to those that have listened to at least one of the episodes from season number one. And I look forward to a lot of very good and hopefully very entertaining stories for you. We'll throw music into the play as always. I'll throw a few things of my own in from time to time. And I look forward to a lot of good things as we continue to go on. Next week on the podcast, Monday night, Charles, remembering Charles Kuralt, what I was going to do this past Monday, but circumstances changed. And then for the rest of the week, we're going to look at food, specifically hamburgers, hot dogs, and steak. We're going to take a look at a hamburger establishment on Tuesday that no longer exists in the Midwest, I don't believe. We're going to take a look at a hamburger establishment that, thanks to Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, is going to be coming to this area very soon. We're going to take a look at a ranch in Weston, Missouri, where you can get some good hot dogs. And for Friday, we'll talk about steaks. How to pick out the perfect one and just basically a process of putting steaks together. That's next week in a nutshell here on the New Directions podcast. 
for final thoughts tonight, I want to bring up some words that my sister-in-law posted the day that I got back into business on the 6th of July. And there's some things that we all need to think about, most especially given what's been going on. People are being evicted, starving in the streets, bankrupted over hospital bills, losing jobs and businesses. They are dying of sickness, shot in fear and in hate, and in hate spitting and screaming, fighting each other. And the rich get richer, bailing each other out, giving billionaires more money, living in ivory towers, running our country, our lives, and not noticing as you die in the street, this is the American dream. I'm going to try to find one more before we get out of here tonight. And I'll just probably end up finding it next week. But what Cassie says is very true. We pray for good to finally happen. And may it happen sooner rather than later. That's going to wind things up for this first week of our second season here on the New Directions Podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. I will see you. I will see you on the podcast Monday when we bring when we bring the memory of Charles Corralt back. It'd be kind of fun to hear some of his stories again. Until then, I came back home a little bit musically. And the four guys that I've kind of followed along for over 30 years, going almost on 40, appealed to me once again. And I talked about that earlier this week. The boys are going to get us out of here again tonight, but not with the song that needs no introduction. It's a little John Denver song called Back Home Again. To get us out of here, the Oak Ridge Boys. What's the lady?
Oh. <laughs> 